All right, cool. We are on. Well, we're starting now, yeah? According to Zoom, we are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's up, everyone? Uh, so apparently we're meant to be doing like a proper intro and treating this like, you know, a proper professional podcast and all that. But obviously that's not us. Uh, as you can see by the title of this podcast, you know, we are officially the gym twats. We don't do anything serious around here. So do not expect a proper intro or anything like that. Uh, but basically, I'll introduce myself. So I'm Sam, part of the Gym Twats, senior online coach in the business. And then we've got the little man, Josh, over here, who's uh, progressively got smaller for the past three years. Uh, <laughs> we have Ben Anderson, who is, who's basically been spilled over for the past God knows how long. Birth. Birth, remember? Yeah, <laughs> spilled over yeah, since yeah. birth. And then we've got the big dude over there, even Drago, Rich, who, of course, is just the daddy of the group. I'm the elder statesman. <laughs> Look after the young pups. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay, so obviously, you know, we've been wanting to do this podcast for a long time, but basically we've all been too lazy to get it done. Uh, and then we just decided last week, was it last week or week before? Literally like, like, we finally yeah. actually get this podcast done, considering that, you know, we've all got more time on our hands. We're in lockdown and shit like that. So, yeah, here we are. Um, so, yeah, first like topic we're going to cover then. Um, I think we're going to cover... What to basically do between now and obviously gym reopening? You know, we've got like a seven-week window where, you know, obviously we've just got to get this last little bit of lockdown training done. So we're going to kind of cover what we can do between now and obviously gym reopening, how we can kind of go about setting ourselves up for success when the gym's reopen, and basically doing whatever we possibly can to get through the last seven weeks of this fucking nightmare. Interesting. So who's going first with this then? I'll go first. So... I kind of feel like we should be treating the, like 12th of April, kind of like New Year. It's going to be like a new New Year, new me type thing, isn't it? Come the 12th of April. It's be a typical New Year where I stroll in at 7am, absolutely fucked up my face. That'll be, that'll be 21st of June. That'll be 21st, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fair, <laughs> point. fair point. So I reckon 12th of April, it will literally be like, for, for people that, that, that like the gym and want to go to the gym, it will be like their New Year's and everyone will now be going, well, everyone's been saying it forever anyway, oh, I'll wait till the gym's open. But now that we know that the gym is opening, it's yeah. literally going to be a case of when the gym opens, I'm going to do this. So I feel like people are going to go, oh, I've put on loads of weight over lockdown. So come 12th of April, I'm going to start dieting or they'll have lost loads. They'll have not trained lost loads of muscle and whatever during lockdown. They'll be like, right, come 12th of April, I'm going to start bulking. So I feel like between now and then is the opportunity to kind of set yourself up for whatever you're going to be starting come April, New Year's, if that makes sense. So what I think is going to happen is gyms are going to reopen because no one's been able to go to the gym. The gyms are going to be fucking packed. And I guarantee 95% of everyone who'll be in that gym won't have a clue what they're doing. They'll have no plan and they'll just max out every machine basically <laughs> based on the weight that was already, the pin was already selected on by the person beforehand. Uh, excuse me, are you criticising my programme? <laughs> and it's just going to be it's going to be fucking carnage and <clears throat> everyone's going to be trying to do everything in my opinion people are going to be bodybuilding but they're also going to be powerlifting they're going to be doing crossfit they're going to be doing like tempo runs they're going to do fucking everything and they will achieve unfortunately none of those things and also they are going to hurt so much the next day the doms will be just just awful. Basically, what's going to happen is all of the the hospital capacity that was just filled with COVID patients is now going to be full of people that have just broke themselves in the gym after April 12th. Yeah, the NHS is going to buckle and uh, gym <laughs> yeah, injury. Not because of a global pandemic, but because of too many fucking idiots trying to lift too much, too many weights. No. Yeah. Basically, yeah, it's it's yeah, the NHS will crumble like Sam's spine under a squat bar. It just, it's just gonna, it's gonna crumble. It's the irony is, I actually just come off the phone to the doctor before we started this podcast recording to uh, actually help me with my back issue again. So yeah, it's quite ironic you say that. 
Is he a specialist in rickets or? I'm definitely. I'm not going to tell my clients to do it, but I'm definitely going to do it. But we're all going to immediately just go back through the logbook to the last day we were at the gym yep. and just one straight away. Well, let's, let's just see what the damage is after, you know, near four or five months off. See if I can still do that. It's like, oh, cool. So four months back in the logbook, 300 kilo leg press sweep. We'll start there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to drop Where did I finish my last peak of my mesocycle? Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had a long layoff. Let's jump in at that. Yeah. Four months deload. That recovery feels pretty good so far. You know, first day in, let's, uh, let's test the waters, you know, set, set a new benchmark. Which happens to be higher than the previous benchmark from five months ago. So yeah, it's, the thing is, like, even though we as um, professionals, and I use that term very loosely in our uh, in this crowd, that over in lockdown two, uh, managed to get my hands on bar and a load of plates, and I sort of rigged up a, a basically a mock bench press out of a plank of wood that was wrapped in carpet, and so I was like. Okay, well, I'll see where things are. Of course, what I ended up doing was basically repping out to failure. <laughs> I hadn't benched in probably about three months. And I was genuinely, like, sore for about four or five days afterwards. Like, and I, and I mean, like, the first few days were just fucking awful. Like, you know, literally, like, you bend down to pick up a sock and, like, every every single muscle fibre is basically lighting up like a Christmas tree and just screaming at you. And it's just, oh, yeah, that's going to be basically everyone. Yeah. Once the gym reopens, it's just going to be just, just pain. Yeah. So we're all agreed that no one's going to take our advice and... And start easy when they return to the gym. Oh, we're no. not going to do it ourselves. No, God no. If, if, everyone's going to be too excited, and everyone's going to be jacked up on a shitload of pre-workout. They're going to go in, lift everything to failure, pretend like they're not actually hurting, and then the following few days after that, it'll feel like they've just been in a war zone. Right, That's exactly how it's going to go. Here's a question: How many supplements do you think people have bought in preparation for the gym's reopening? Like, oh, how, how, how much BCAAs and test boosters have been sold? Like, like, you know, like when you work out depending on which yeah. session they're doing and all that. Yeah. You know, on YouTube videos, when they like talk about their supplements and they just like stack, <laughs> it, like, and you yeah. end up with like sups like coming up like, like this. That's what it will be like. I mean, the thing is, look, again, like we've all been there as well. I remember before I was a PT, like, I couldn't decide between two protein powders because they both had like absurd like things written on them. Like one promised to get me absolutely shredded, but the other one promised to get me absolutely fucking jacked to the tits. So I decided in my wisdom that if I just bought both and did one in the morning and one in the evening, I would get the benefits of both. <laughs> so I was telling, so I, so one of my clients who's trying to get bigger at the moment, um, he he likes to he was bought one of those like mass building shakes or whatever it was um and i was telling him a story about when i was like 17 and i was at college and my uh rugby coach at college was like you've got to get a little bit bigger and no one like tracked calories or anything or, or whatever it was very like bro back then you know like eat eat chicken eat rice eat you know carbs protein like all that kind of stuff but you didn't know how many calories you were eating it was just kind of a eat a lot of food train a lot and like you'll grow so i was like right i fucking i need calories so i went and bought one of those um the optimum nutrition serious mass oh yeah <laughs> and i like saw it bags of that. <laughs> i saw it in the shop the other day and i remember the scoop literally looked like a shoe yeah uh, <laughs> yeah it was and it was 1200 calories a serving Fuck yeah. And it, and it recommends, no, 1250. And it yeah. recommends that you have two servings a day. Um, and that it was so thick, you had to split it between two shakers. So I would get up in the morning before college and I would have two 
two two shakes which would be my first serving so that's my first 1250 calories i would drive to college and then when i got to college because i was part of a sports team you got breakfast so then i would have um i would go to the, the cafeteria and i would eat breakfast like scrambled eggs and and like four bits of toast or whatever do college bits train i'd have a protein shake after training just a regular one um i think it was maxi muscle like pro lean or something like that because i was like oh, if i take the lean one then i won't get fat and then <laughs> there's this and then i go to this sandwich shop and have this obscene like full baguette like chicken and bacon baguette go home have dinner and i was right shit and i was like mum i have to have this food because it's what's on the program like if you don't cook me this i'm going to lose my nut even though like I wasn't paying for any food or anything. <laughs> and then I'd have another serving of the optimum nutrition in the evening. Oh, so my calories have been easily four or 5,000 as like a 17 year old kid. Um, and I was already spilled over. <laughs> and I was saying to my client, I was like, but everybody thinks that way. Like, yeah. Yeah. And they don't know what they're doing. Like it's so normal. Um, just to go off tangent, I thought it was a funny story. Serious Mass is the only protein shake I've ever had to chew. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm almost ready to get a knife and fork out to eat the bastard. Like, it's just, it's so thick. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, just, just the conga down, 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 like, down your throat. Like, you're trying to, like, fucking get it down. And it's just horrible, horrible. Stuff. I remember one, I remember one time with it. I started, like, I was finding myself just getting like really bloated and like feeling really sick, having like two in a row. So I bought a, a big two litre bottle oh, of water no. and I put all 2,500 calories in the two litre <laughs> bottle of water. Oh. And I would just like sip on it throughout the day. <laughs> I'd be walking around with this thing, like this bright pink, like two litre thing. Like, oh, what's that? Like, oh, it's protein. I'm an athlete. <laughs> I, I remember like the biggest bag of that was still only like 15 days worth of protein as well because because of the uh yeah. serving recommendation and just like going to gnc bag. when they had to buy one get one for a pound and then you walk out with like these two like five kilo bags like this is a month's worth of protein and it's like fucking massive scoop i think the most most gains anyone ever got from serious mass was literally carrying the bags out yeah. of the <laughs> Like basically the farmer's walk, like you know, getting some good load on the posterior chain there. Like that was literally the most gains anyone ever made from serious mass. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like serious mass was like a rite of passage as well. Like I don't yeah. feel like you can actually fully get involved in the fitness game until you've actually yeah. had or gone through a bag of serious mass. In yeah. your life. all seventeen-year-olds would have had serious mass at some point, and then once you kind of reach like early mid 20s and you're you're very into bodybuilding youtube and sleeve tattoos you might then switch to like mutant mass yep because it was rich piana and he used to take it and because he took it you know (laughs) you had to take it and that was more the bodybuilding thing was it's like optimum nutrition is Oh, I'm like a sports athlete and I need calories. And the mutant mass is I'm a hardcore bodybuilder, even though it's the same stuff. Same, <laughs> yeah. same thing, yeah. Who, who, did you, who did you follow on Instagram and whose YouTube videos did you watch? Was it Steve Cook? Steve Cook, Rich yeah. That would basically decide which protein you had. Steve Cook, Swolger Nation. I, I actually watched a load of his videos the other day. So I couldn't sleep the other night and I sat in bed and I watched the three-hour-long um, Jay Cutler, like, Week in the Life documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never seen that. Fucking hell. He had, like, the slick back hair and everything. And I was like, why am I watching this? Like, I have no aspirations whatsoever to be a Mr. Olympia. But he's like, oh, uh, I'm just going to make my chicken and rice. Um, there's, like, 50 grams of protein in this meal and about 100 grams of carbs. And this is meal five of the day, and I'll have another five... I've got another five to go. So I'm on about 10 meals a day right now. So it's like 500 protein, 1,000 per carbs. I'm like, oh my God. 
tell you what yeah. that reminds me of as well. That another one I used to watch on YouTube back in the day around the around the Steve Cook time was um, Mike Chang, Six Pack Shortcuts, I think his name was. Oh my god, remember yes. Him? Remember him? Yeah, I saw what him. happened to him? What like, literally I can't find him anywhere on the internet. Like he was like the him? original like YouTube fitness sponsored ad that you get in every video you watch just because you watch one of his like original videos. Yeah. yeah. I've not seen anything of him recently. We can only hope. We can only hope. <laughs> I find Steve Cook's a bit boring now. Like his old video, his old Swole Nation videos before he got. Oh, and they were so sick to watch before a session. They were class. Like the amount of volume, volume was unbelievable. And he used to train with his mate Chad, who was like a very typical like American. He had like the backwards baseball hat, yeah. the long like basketball shorts, and he was a chiropractor. And he was in like wicked Nick. He was in just as good a shape as Steve Cook was. You see, I uh, I got really into the Greg Plitt videos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, like you know that, but like before, like before a workout or something like that, and and like he'd get really intense with it, and like really, it was always basically like sweaty as fuck in a gym, and it's always him like over a barbell, and he's like, oh, it's always always side on for some reason. He's always looking up, and like the mind quits. For the body does, and he's had all this. I get so into it. Honestly, that man could have at that time could have literally convinced me to do anything. If he started a cult, I would have been there, and yeah, I would have given him all of my money. <laughs> he used to like pull trains and stuff, didn't he? Yeah, he used to do all kinds of like wacky shit, like yeah, um, cars like and train tracks. Yeah, did Greg Plip start CrossFit? <laughs> Probably. Makes That's a revelation right there. Cool. Uh, look, I'll take Greg Pitt over Greg Glassman. That's for sure. Yeah. God, he's kind of he fucked himself, didn't he? A little bit. Right. We um we were talking about returning to the gym, and we ended up discussing YouTube. What YouTube videos? YouTube <laughs> memories. So yeah, when the you return to the gym, is, if you, you return to the gym, get some serious <laughs> or Greg Pitt videos. That's it. If you're gonna. Come the 12th of April, make sure you've watched the Swolger Nation series and make sure that you've watched some Greg Plitt and then you'll be, you'll, you'll have a programme sorted and you'll be, you'll have the right mind. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Ready to start. Just get a nice hefty uh, amount of anabolics to go alongside it and you will literally turn into those guys. Happy to yeah. Naturally. <laughs> naturally. Yeah, naturally. Naturally. <laughs> naturally, you'll get bigger. If you take roids, you'll just naturally get bigger. <laughs> mate, just all we do is that then when you cycle off, just say you're natty because now you yeah. are. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. You know how you used to get like social smokers? Like oh, yeah. I just smoke at the weekends with my mates. You could be like, oh, I just do, I just do natural at the weekends. <laughs> no, mate, social, natural, natural natties. Yeah, I'm going out with my natural mates at the weekends. I'm just gonna like pull off for like Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah so someone else is out in the smokers there and going oh I only do it when I have a drink yeah. and there's someone else in the gym changing room just about to pin up just going oh look I, I, I only do it when I've got a lower body day yeah. <laughs> legs today <laughs> well, right, <yeah>. so <laughs> now we know that everyone is going to basically just fuck themselves up once gyms reopen and then once they've gone through the pain stage and then actually like you know gyms start to calm down a bit like you know it loses the appeal kind of like it would like i said using the ben's like new year's analogy we're now in february hmm. so like you know it's kind of like a lot of people are kind of like fizzled out for them where do you reckon people should be then because I think that's when people will actually start to sort of, you know, nail down a goal and potentially look at, you know, taking on sort of like professional help for programming and direction. Where do you reckon people should go with that? As in, should they hire a coach? Which we know they absolutely should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, so as in, what do you reckon? Like, so regardless of what the goal would be, like, how do we, how do, how would we, how, you know, what advice would we give to people once they basically settle on a goal mm. or even goal setting to begin with? And then what would the process be from there that we'd recommend? 
just re- reverse engineer, I'd say. Like you've, you've got where you are, what your goal is, and work on working back from that uh, major point. If that requires you hiring a coach, then that's definitely going to be a good option, isn't it? I think the way we could look at it now as well is, you know, when we go back into the gyms in April, you know, most people, even if you have been like, training at home still all this time, like physiologically, you're in a position where, you know, you're going to be in prime position to grow once the gyms reopen. So no matter what the goal is and stuff, you can effectively now look at this as like a reset, you know, whatever the goal is, whether it's dropping a bit more body fat, whether it's just getting strong as hell, whether it's building muscle, this is like a reset point now. So this is your chance where you can actually go back into the gyms, you know, focus more on your execution, get like a solid, you know, training plan in place. That's actually going to get you to where you want to be. And you can just be a lot more methodical and strategic about the way that you go towards your goal now. Whereas like obviously before all of this, you know, you kind of get caught in it, don't you? Like when you just kind of go through the motions and stuff and, and all that. But now we've been away, we've been taken away from the gyms for so long. This is now our chance really just to kind of actually go about things in a proper way and basically get our shit together and get the results. Yeah, and you can use the next six, seven weeks to kind of get all the routines and lifestyle habits in place yeah, yeah. prior to that. So you're not wasting time the second gyms are open, you're actually ready yeah, to yeah. go basically. I think lockdown for quite a lot of people has been really good for focusing more on the shit that matters rather, you know, because the gym's got shut and everyone was like, oh, well, that's it. Like, <laughs> I can't do anything now. <laughs> I can't go and train. But like we say it all the time, don't we? You you go to the gym and it's everyone says, oh, it's the one hour a day you spend. No one's training for an hour. Let's be real. Like every, we're in there an hour and a half, two hours at least doing ours. Yeah. So the two hours that you're in the gym, waffling on your phone and chatting to the girl in the new Amazon leggings, um, it's like cool. So that's but you can still train at home. That's fine. But you've got like nutrition. You've got sleep, you've got hydration, you've got habits. Um, you've got, you know, looking at little things like your digestion, all that kind of stuff that that shouldn't change whether you are training out of a gym or not. So I feel like for a lot of people, they've been able to turn their attention a lot more onto that stuff because mm-hmm. it's it's all things that we can control. We can't control that the gym's closed, but all the other stuff you're still well in control of. Yeah. Um, and I think having nailed all that stuff will set you up really nicely for when the gym does open because you've already got those like habits in place that you would might need to would have needed to work on if we hadn't have been through this crap. Yeah, definitely. Um, for the most part, also like those those kind of things you mentioned, they're they're more or less depending on if you have any external products. They're all free, like getting more yeah. sleep, working on digestion, improving nutritional habits, like. Unless you're buying like, you know, like all these activity trackers or anything like that, you don't need to put as much of an investment that you would do, say, going to the top of the line gym. So there's something you may as well do now so that when we return to the gym, you don't have to think about them anywhere near as much. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think right now, well, we've got, well, we've got like seven weeks or whatever. Yes. Yeah. If you kind of look at yourself and like, right, when the gym's open, I want to get massive. I want to, I want to bulk up. Now's probably a great time to set yourself up well for doing that, isn't it? So it's like, okay, I'm not in a good position to bulk up. I should probably start getting leaner. So do, do seven weeks now up until the 12th, getting leaner, getting yourself in a good position. So you don't have to then waste time once the gym's open. Um, And equally, if you feel like you've lost a lot of muscle mass, start trying to incorporate things that will set you up, up nicely for bulking, shall we call it, when you um, when the gyms do open. Mm. So uh, start buying serious mass. Yeah, yeah, on the serious right. mass, because you know that shit's just going to start flying off the shelves. <laughs> start to not like that. You say that, that thing of like, you know, having a goal, like just getting massive. And I think that's a really interesting thing because... I think for a lot of people, that's a very common goal, but yet no one ever says it. Yeah. Because I think, and I don't know if you guys would agree, like, you know, we spent a lot of time on the gym floor and, you know, we probably collectively got thousands and thousands of hours of, um, of like time, you know, client time and uh, PT time. 
And I find most of the time, the goal that people have is a goal that they think they should have and not what they actually want to do. Because they, they feel like they're going to be really narcissistic if they say, right, my goal is I want to look better naked. Um, you know, they feel that if they say, um, I want to drop some weight, then that must be down to some societal pressure rather than it being a, an intrinsic sort of goal that that person has for themselves. Um, you know, the guy who wants to just get jacked and doesn't really give a shit about how he moves, fine, no problem with that. But yet it's kind of seen as like a bad thing to do. And like, no one can be a bodybuilder. Like, you know, everyone's got to be like a functional yeah. bodybuilder. Yeah, F functional bodybuilding, yeah. And so it's like, if I do shoulder presses, well, now I'm, I'm, now I'm a bro. But if I do the single arm, now I'm functional. Um, and so, it, you know, if I just create as much instability during all of my movements, then somehow now I'm basically not a bro. Yeah. Whereas, also think on that just embrace the bro, they'd actually probably get a hell of a lot better results. Yeah. Yeah. On, on the point about um, the like the goal setting and whatever it is. A lot of it as well is um, like coaches. I'm going to kind of like rain on our parade as well, is that someone will sign up with a coach and instantly that coach will be like, oh, this is a really good chance for me to get an epic transformation and stick it all over my social media. So if someone will walk in and be like, oh, I want to get like massive. They might be, in a, you know, they're like, I don't care about having a six pack. You know, I'm happy with the way that I look right now. I know what like the risks are of going straight into a, a bulk. I don't care. I just want to get super strong and I just want to get big. If that's what they want, it's like, cool, let's go with that. And if you feel like you, it, things are going by the wayside, then we'll work on it. It's that like coach-client relationship thing. But I can imagine so many people, because everyone's aspiring to be a full-time online coach these days, they're like, yes, yeah, Sam. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I understand your goals, mate. But really what you want to do is get shredded first. <laughs> and then you've got someone going through like a 20-week dieting phase that they don't really want to do. You mean like you are right now? Like me, yeah. Mate, I can't <laughs> wait to start getting again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it's us, like, isn't it? It's an industry problem. Everyone oh, yeah, wants, of like, wicked, like the... And then they're like, like, they're like mate, can I start bulking again? You go, actually, do you know what? I reckon give it four weeks' time, we could do a photo shoot. Shoot, yeah. <laughs> it, it's so true as well. I mean, I understand the, the process of, you know, <clears throat> like when a client comes to you and stuff, if they want to obviously, you know, go into more of a gaining phase and stuff, if they are carrying like a little bit more body fat than what is typically favorable, and if there are some like habits to improve, that would naturally improve if they obviously drop some body weight and stuff. Then, yeah, fair enough, you know, go into a bit of like a cleanup phase beforehand. But yeah, like the point of just getting them absolutely shredded for no apparent reason whatsoever. And nine times out of 10, most people who come and work with us probably want to get in shape for like a holiday, like down the line. But yeah, it's the fucking global pandemic. No one's, <laughs> no one's going on holiday. Well, they might do this year, but up until now, no one's going on holiday. So what's the fucking point in getting lean as hell? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Right, right now, no one's got like a... Because I mean, now that we've got a date on it, 12th of April, 21st of June it's easier to start setting some goals, isn't it? But yeah. When the, when we went into this third lockdown, they didn't give us a timeline. They were like, we're going into lockdown. So people are thinking, oh, you know, it'd be nice to like get leaner. And it's fine. Like, what do you want to get leaner for? Oh, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that I'll be able to go away at some point this year. And you're like, okay, well then are we looking at a 20 week diet? Are we looking at a 12 week diet? How do you manage it? And so I feel like a lot of people have been in kind of like a limbo where let's just maintain things for a while and then we'll kind of... But now that we've got a date on it, it's a cool chance to go, right, we've got seven weeks now. Let's kind of like really nail this and and, and go for it. Yeah, I, th okay. I think establishing like some sort of tangible timeline, like like it, yeah. uh, mesocycle, macrocycle, whatever, however duration you want it to be, even if it is just these seven weeks. It's just always going to be the way to go, especially if you're, especially if you're looking for quite a dramatic result or like a decent change from where you are now. 
So having that kind of setup phase, like Sam said, and then that we know then when April hits, we're actually ready to push for however many months, providing the gym stay open. So I think having that idea now is the best thing to have. Yeah. Did you guys see um, Matt uh, Peacock's post about when did goal setting become strictly fat loss and muscle building? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was a good one. It's like, yeah. It's kind of... I think that's our that like that's our fault as well, isn't it? As coaches, it's the industry's fault in general, mate. And it's yeah. it's weird actually. It's funny you should say it because um, I was chatting to a client during a check-in on Tuesday. So one of my clients is uh, a nurse who works in like the intensive care unit and stuff here in Nottingham. And obviously, you know, she's been in the middle of like battling this entire pandemic. Um, and I told her pretty much at the start of January, you know, when obviously you no know, shit was getting really bad here. I actually said to her at the start, I was like, let's just take the focus away from, you know, driving for a ton of fat loss and stuff like that. Like, let's just make sure that we just continue doing like things for good health and good habits while we get through this like window of time, like where, you know, the hospital is going to be really busy. Then when things have calmed down, there's less pressure on you. Then we can obviously go more down the route of fat loss and like, like driving further, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Like, you know, we're just kind of stuck in this, well, the industry is just in this place now where everyone's just like, okay, you're either doing this for fat loss or you're doing this for muscle gain. And it's you like... Have to do it in 12 weeks. Yeah, yeah. 12 weeks. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's- I do think post, like hopefully post lockdown, there'll be a, a slight shift towards more like health orientated goals, especially since we've been in such a massive health pandemic. So people might, yeah. it might be a bit of a kick, in, a kick in the ass for a few people to actually get their shit together. That will come with probably some body composition goals because the two of them tend to go hand in hand, but it won't be as extreme as like Ben said, as, yeah, let's go for a 20 week cut and then let's try to do a photo shoot where it's like, no, I just want to drop a little bit of body fat, get all of these basic health markers in check and then be happy with that and just train. Mm. Yeah. They feed off each other though, don't they? Like, I don't know about you guys, but if I say have uh, like a week of really good training sessions, I can't I kind of like automatically like eat better. Yeah. 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 And so so it's like, oh, if, if you're I'm sleeping, if you're sleeping well, then that will lead to, oh, I slept really well, so I've got lots of energy. So now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I feel really good. I'm gonna kill this training session. And then you do a really good session, you're like, oh, that session was really great. I don't want to like spoil this. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go and eat properly and I'm gonna eat all the right things. And then they just kind of like feed off of each other don't they well, the positive feedback yeah. on this isn't it it's like yeah. when you when you get a new low weigh-in and you've been waiting for it for like four days like cool what i've been doing is working let's go out today let's do a good session like so let's yeah. get cardio in let's nail nutrition then that kind of that snowballs yeah that's something i think that's something that that lockdown's taught me massively about all of that stuff um spending sometimes I feel like as a coach, there's this pressure that you like have to get results really fast with people. Yeah. I think that's just been like put on people. So I always, I always found myself in this place where if a client would come on board, I wanted to make sure that they, there was something to show for the coaching within like the first month or whatever. And you'd forget about all the, the little bits that, that add up and make, really make a difference like your sleep and the digestion and the stress management and all that kind of stuff but now like during lockdown where people are like at home a little bit more and there's nothing to kind of aim for with holidays not being around and stuff like that and also because I'm dieting at the same time I've now kind of been like let's put more attention into all the other bits first because you're training is you know an hour or an hour and a half per day and your nutrition stuff if we're just looking at calories like that's an easy thing to manipulate but all the other stuff like takes time and let's try and get those nailed first because then you'll inevitably find the nutrient the the eating and the training easier yeah i agree really agree with that and i think a lot of clients don't really have any idea of how quickly they'll lose weight um but then what happens is coaches project their own kind of insecurities to a certain extent onto the client 
um, they feel that unless they get this client to lose like a kilo a week, week on week, that they'll cancel the session to go elsewhere or mm. leave a bad review or something like this. Or, you know, we kind of kind of try to be like almost mind readers. And I think we, I think a lot of coaches will then set that, um, so you know, have that expectation in their head, whereas the client most of the time doesn't have any idea. Um, you know, they'll be, in my experience, most clients have actually been quite happy losing a couple of pounds a week and like, you know, a pound or two, pound or two a week. And they're, they're very happy with that. Yeah. Um, and it yeah. doesn't have to yeah. be kilos a week, um, you know, week on week and things like that. And they're quite happy as long as they're seeing slow, steady progress. Yet, like I said, you know, a lot of, a lot of clients project this almost bodybuilding comp prep style mentality onto clients and then what happens is that the client then doesn't enjoy the sessions they don't enjoy the style of training don't enjoy their nutrition and so therefore they don't adhere to the plan which then creates frustration on both sides for the client and the coach because the client doesn't like what they're doing and the coach is frustrated because they have a non-compliant client hmm. yeah. i do think that's a big thing in like with social media because it's yeah. so visual based and like how you said how like bodybuilding and physique coaching is like the is probably rising up in popularity. There is a big pressure for to present these like these jaw dropping transformations. When nine times out of ten, especially if you're working with gen population clients, they don't really care as much, at least not as much as you, about the level of those transformations just for the sake of your Instagram page. Yeah, that's true. And because the industry is so saturated as well right now, with yeah. everybody more or less moving to online or wanting to move online there's just more and more competition isn't there so you almost have to feel you almost feel like if i don't achieve uh some sort of draw drop in transformation with every single client then i'm not going to get new clients yeah i'm not going to stand out or anything like that yeah you're not going to stand out and i think mainly that's because of maybe who we follow we tend to follow the people that 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 coach us people like us and whereas if you were it whereas the people that we're training like your gen pop people that probably don't give a shit about drop sets and rest pause sets and you know protein timings and and all that kind of stuff um to them like you were saying it's just if i can lose a pound a week consistently for 16 weeks that's 16 pounds that's unbelievable it's over a stone yeah exactly I think as well, what you've got to kind of bear in mind as well, especially with the time we're in at the minute is, you know, if you are dropping weight consistently, if, if you are, you know, kind of improving your health or even gaining just a tiniest little bit of muscle, like right now in the grand scheme of things, like I, I think you should realize just how big of an accomplishment that is. Cause you know, mm. trying to obviously like, you know, change your body in a sense through this pan through a pandemic is, is a difficult matter. Uh, you know, you've got to take into account, you know, lockdowns are hard mentally, you know, I've been saying this to clients for weeks now, you know, everyone's going to have periods of time where, you know, motivation is like really low and stuff and just probably feeling a little bit negative about the world and stuff. So the fact that you might just be dropping a pound or two every week or whatever like that, or, you know, the fact that you're still, you know, month on month going in a better direction with your physical health, mental health, body composition, like you've got to be pretty fucking proud of that when you consider the grand scheme of yeah. it. And I think that's the thing, because I think we're so used to seeing insane eight 12 week transformations and stuff people assume that you can recreate those conditions right now during a lockdown or during a pandemic and it's like well it's just it's just not going to happen with the grand like with the way the world is and stuff it's just yeah. not a realistic expectation yeah something that one of my clients brought up in their check-in today as well which made a lot of sense to me was that they're not adhering as much as what they normally would because they're missing like the social aspect mm. because we've been locked inside for so long. It, it, it's, uh, you know, if you've been going to the same gym for a while, you'd bump into people, you'd say hi, you'd like talk to the trainers, you know, you might go with a mate, whatever. And it's that like social element, isn't it? It may, you know, you might be like, Oh, I'm going to go to the gym today. Cause I know so-and-so is working or I've mm. said, I'll, I'll meet my mate there at whatever time. Whereas when you're at home, it's like either you by yourself, if you live on your own, or you've got like your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or whatever it is. And it can, it's a bit stagnant, isn't it? 
Yeah. And also I think that people just have this kind of idea that gyms are open in seven weeks. Oh, brilliant. Well, in that case, there's no problem for anything. Everyone's going to be fine. No one's got any excuses anymore. And I think the, um, you know, the, the whole thing of lockdown, the impacts of it and everything else is going to be around for a long time afterwards. Mm. Um, you know, just because, for example, um, like restaurants and pubs and places like that open up, it's going to be a fucking nightmare trying to get reservations, trying to get into somewhere. Like everything's going to be so busy. The chance of people actually getting to socialize and kind of readjust a normal life, I don't think it's going to happen for at least a few months after mm. everything has, like, lot in terms of lockdown wise, yeah. has eased off. And so I don't think, you know, again, we have this very kind of immediate idea of what's going to happen. Like, brilliant, it's over, bang, everyone's back to yeah. normal. Whereas like, a lot of people are really fucking anxious about it. Yeah. I would love Boris to just stand up and go, oh, good morning, everybody. And I would love him to just go, right, it's over. <laughs> have you have you actually have you seen um go to bed, you wake up, and it's like, oh because it's the it's the 21st of June that everything kind of goes back to normal. Have yeah. you seen I, I don't know if this is 100 percent accurate, but Boris's birthday is the 23rd of June. No, it's oh, the 19th. It's the 19th. It's the 19th. Oh, is that yeah. okay? Oh. Hey, do you know what my little, fun, my little fun fact is? There's proper pub quiz knowledge this. <laughs> Boris isn't his name. What? Is it? His name is Alexander Boris de Piffle Johnson. Of course it is. <laughs> but you sound more Tory, man. So basically, they were like, you know, sitting down with the PR team, like, lads, what do you reckon? Alexander the Piffle? Does is, is that appeal to the working class this country? He's like, going to get a rein that in. Gonna go, I, think, I think we'll go with Boris. Boris is relatable. We like Boris. Well, Alexander the Piffle. What, not so what could go wrong? I saw a picture of him. so Eton College. It really is. Yeah. I saw a picture of him with his personal trainer in the paper the other day. Oh, I saw it too. <laughs> and I was, I was like, if I was his PT, I'd be in his ear every session. Like, how good is this for you, Boris? Like, how good is, you know, I imagine when we can get back into the gym. When are the gyms going to open? Etc. But equally, I would hate to be his PT because imagine the pressure you'd be under. Mate, if the- I knew who his PT was. To try and get the Prime Minister in shape. <laughs> Well, at least he's got a low-stress job, um, yeah. flexible hours. Uh, so, yeah, it's really, uh, yes, it's a coach's dream. You imagine? No, like, I've, been, I've been going through your nutrition tracker, Boris, and uh, what, why did you have 5,000 calories two days ago? What, what, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, so you haven't been sleeping very well, Boris. What's going on? Break your stress level. Oh, well, five million out of ten. Yeah. We're just in the middle of a pandemic, and then when the pandemic's over, I've got this Brexit thing to sort out. Uh, <laughs> that's been on the to-do list for a while. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it important? <laughs> nah, it's fine. We'll, we'll leave it for a, few, for a bit. To be, honest, I think, to be honest, I think we need to be having words with Boris Johnson PT because the fact that the gyms have been so severely neglected throughout this entire pandemic, and you know, we've definitely been like gyms have definitely been closed longer than they should have been, not made as much of a priority as much as they should have been. No, but mate, look, look, at, look at look at the, look at the House of Parliament. Okay, go down to Westminster. Sloppy rigs everywhere, mate. No one there is shifting tin. No one is shifting tin. They just don't get it. Yeah, they don't, they don't get it. No, no they well, just don't get it. Well, I'll tell you I, what, you know, we, need funny. Ready, we, we need to get Boris, we need to send to number 10 some serious mass, <laughs> some Swolger Nation videos, and we need him to get the bug. We need him to get the bug. And then what will happen is then he'll be in like the group chat going, lads, I just found this new BCAA compound. It looks really fucking sick. Thinking of trying it, what do you reckon? And we're like, you know, don't want to kill his enthusiasm. Yeah, mate, uh, sounds good. Go for it. We um, we should make that the title of the podcast: Sloppy Parliament Rigs. <laughs> <laughs> Sloppy Parliament Rigs. That is absolutely perfect. But, uh, no, the thing is though, like you're right. I was funny enough. I was actually t- 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 again. I was talking to a client about this the other day, and we were saying that. Outside of our like bubble, our weightlifting bubble, 
a lot of people's views of exercise are going for a run, doing a hit session in the garden, following Joe Wicks on YouTube. And so when you look at the sloppy parliament rigs that are all like that, they're like, well, you can exercise outside. And you're like, you can, but, you know, I, I hate that type of exercise. Like, I despise it. Yeah. They don't understand, do they? It's just exercise is exercise to them. Also, I can guarantee every MP has a, has a house with a decent-sized garden. I mean, who's that? how's that help anyone who lives in a flat? Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is uh, basically a strong portion of the, uh, of the country. And then it's like, okay, well then, let's say you do have a garden. Well, is it kind of like kept nicely and all the rest of it? Like, do you have the time to you know, actually, you know, like mow the grass regularly and all the rest of it, water it and all that? Um, and it's just like, so it's just, a, it's a weird assumption that everyone can just train outside. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's like I said, I think it's a very uh, blinkered view in how the uh, the fitness industry has been perceived by Especially uh, when that advice was in November as well, when it's like pissing with rain, like freezing over. It's like you know how, how like they have the outdoor, the outdoor gyms with like the dip stations and like the makeshift leg presses. Yeah. I remember like when we went to the November lockdown, we had one down the road from us. First of all, it was taped up, and second of all, all the machines were like fucking frozen. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a great session outside from this. Cheers for that. <laughs> the most, the most frustrating thing about the whole outdoor gym is being closed. Like so. Near my house, we've actually got um, like a bit of an outdoor gym. It's nothing much. You know, you've got like a, a dip station, pull a bar, yeah. that sort of thing, right? That was taped off, deemed to be unsafe, and you obviously can't use it for risk of transmission of COVID, right? Was there a playground next to it? Yes, yeah. a playground next to it. And I'm yeah. sat here thinking, I looked at it, and I'm like, I swear on my life, we have lost the plot. Like, <laughs> it was very frustrating. Well, I don't is, think, well, like, you look at the infection rates when you've got yeah. like twats on Instagram, they're like, I'm not closing. I'm going to wipe fines. I'm going to wipe my ass with these fines. And like, if I was in parliament and I was seeing all that crap, I'd be like, well, do you know what? I'm just going to keep them close for a little bit longer. Why not? Yeah. Like there's, there's certain ways around in which that, you know, you can defy the government. Like what Nick Capo and obviously what the, like those Liverpool gyms did initially they went about it the right way. They weren't being assholes about it. They were simply protesting and doing it the right way. But like, yeah, when you had all the other owners that were just, you know, doing stupid videos on social media and just like sharing shit, like, oh yeah, fuck the police, fuck the government, all that stuff. And it's like, yeah. well, no, now you're just making things worse. There's a like, certain level of decorum. I loved how every gym owner who kept their gym open and was a dick about it also went massively down the conspiracy theory route. Yeah. <laughs> And one thing I loved was that these guys are all on Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, guys, I'm not open. I'm not closing. I'm not closing. I'm keeping my gym open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Videos themselves training. Then the next video update is, oh, lads, someone grassed us up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we had the gym open, but someone grassed us up. So now we've had to shut. Yeah. The police and have been spying on us. I just... Someone grasped you up, or do you think it might have been the Instagram live videos? Like, I don't know. I, I just, it's a tough one. It's a toughie. I don't think there'll ever be an answer for that. I just, I see, just imagine, like, a just imagine a drug dealer, like, you know, a couple of bricks of coke in his living room, like, sticks a photo up on the ground, <laughs> literally a gram on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, and then. Then gets when he gets house gets raided by the police. Oh fucking nothing but snakes! I got grassed <laughs> up. They ratted me out. I just don't get it. I don't get it. And like for once, the spotlight was on us, and we had this yeah. brilliant opportunity to like showcase the industry for all the good stuff that it does. And what happens? People act like the biggest dickheads possible. Yeah. That's the that's the that's thing. society, I'm afraid. And that's the problem. You've got five people acting normal. You've got one dickhead. Yeah. The problem is, you need, I reckon, there's a ratio of at least seven to one, like that you need, and like just yeah. because everyone's going to focus on the dickhead, and that's what happened. And so, yeah, everyone just thinks that gyms are full of dickheads. Which, uh, I mean, you give them some leeway with that, but uh, that's a whole other podcast, I think. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's, it's so true as well. And the, the worst thing was, like, 
like I say, the, the word gym owners, you know, who did the fine, who stayed open, they, they protest in the right way, though. You know, they they made really informative posts. You know, they stated clearly why they were doing this and that and stuff. But then when you've got other gym owners who are, you know, harassing the police that turn up and, you know, don't get me wrong, there's been a lot of occasions where police have been complete twats in this pandemic, especially towards, you know, gym goers, gym people and stuff like that. A lot of police are just kind of doing it because it's their job. They're turning up to the, the gym to shut it down because it's, it's what the, it's what they're paid to do. They have to do it as part of their job. But then when you've got, you know, idiots kind of getting in the faces of police and just throwing abuse at them, despite, you know, doing their job, being very yeah. calm, very polite about the whole thing. Again, when that goes viral, you're then creating this entire perception from with the general public who don't understand what we understand. They're now looking at that and going, oh, do you know what? Fitness industry is full of twats. Like, just fuck you. There's one video this guy put up where he was, um, some police came into the gym and this guy told him to leave and he was like, yeah, I finished my sit on the hack squat whilst he waited. And I was like, okay, cool. What do you think was going to happen? This isn't fucking Russia. What, do you reckon he's going to like smash you in the face of a baton or something like that? <laughs> well, no, this is England. He just waited politely. Like, what the fuck? Like, I just, I know, just like, I know half the gym, like, half the, like, the, the, like, the Instagram sort of gym crowd just, I know, just got into this weird kind of mindset that they were like somehow that they were like the Pablo Escobars of the world, like defying, like, you know, the police at every twist and turn and living in their own little fucking fantasy world. And also nothing pisses me off more when people in England refer to the police as the feds. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. It is Sam, yeah. I do call in America, the FBI have fucking huge guns. You know, when PC Davis comes knocking on your fucking door and like the most aggressive thing that he's got is like one of those little telescopic batons and a walkie-talkie, don't start calling them the oh, feds raiding my house, bruv. You know, it's just, oh, mate, it boils my piss. And like, you know, then like trying to act like they've been, you know, like they're some kind of political prisoner or something like that. Uh, you know what my favourite thing was, was when... Um... I can't remember who it was, but it was some gym owner tried to exercise. I think it was, was it the, Mag the Magna Carta or something? The, the old, le the, one of the oldest legislations in the world or something like that. Oh, I don't know, I think I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I can't remember like, what, weird. There's like a section of the Magna Carta uh, Treaty or legislation or whatever it is, right? Um, that supposedly states that, you know, you are allowed to keep your business open in the face of uh, government corruption or whatever like that. But what everyone has completely forgot, because it went viral all over social media, that you could exercise this part of uh, the Mag Magna Charter or whatever it is, right? And what people don't have actually not understood is that that part of the of the Magna Charter or whatever, it's not been valid for about 600 years. And people still trying to exercise it in front of police and stuff. And I'm sat here like, this is why you can't believe half the shit you see on social media. Grasping your straw, finest. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. Well, on that note, we're we're coming close to an hour, and we said yeah. we weren't we weren't going to keep these podcasts like three hours long of pure ramblings. Even though um, we we've rambled enough, we've rambled enough. We've we've got a lot off our chest. I feel chests. <laughs> I, I feel, um, <laughs> and hopefully there have been sprinklings of some useful info in there too that people can take away our timestamp for two minutes worth of use useful information for, for people <laughs> yeah. just, just go to that and ignore the rest of the podcast yeah. listen between <laughs> two and six minutes and there's your code just like, in five second snippets <laughs> cool episode one in the bag episode one is beautiful done. beautiful awesome.